We're going to pray, and as people are still jumping on, we're going to pray, and as soon as I pray, um, we're going to jump into week two, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about uh, living with the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit actually be a part of your life versus trying to live life on your own in your own strength, which I don't know how that's even possible. So let's pray and then we'll get started. God, thank you for my friends. Thank you for uh, this time that we can be together virtually. We started this when the pandemic started and a year later, here we are. We're doing our fourth Bible study, but I thank you that people are able to catch this on podcasts, on YouTube, that it, it lives out there forever and that we can learn the Bible together, that we don't have to find a day and a time that works, that we can only hear it inside of a room. Although I wish I could see these wonderful people face to face. God, I pray that that you will use this and this will help someone understand the Holy Spirit and to understand the Holy Spirit, learning from him and about him outside of Acts, outside of the New Testament, but also in the Old Testament, which just seamlessly weaves the Bible as you intended it. And we love to learn it that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so part two today, uh, week two on Jose and the Holy Spirit. I want to start by saying there's two lessons that we can learn about the Holy Spirit. The number one lesson we can learn on the Holy Spirit is that it's important to depend on the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if we haven't tapped into the part of the Holy Spirit that, uh, because he's the three-in-one, we talked at length in week one, you can go back and learn about how does the Trinity work? How can God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be three-in-one? And I mean, I took majority of the time to really talk about the three-in-one. So now let's specifically talk about when we don't tap in to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it says in the Bible, is our comforter and counselor. Jesus said uh, when he left, when he ascended, he said, I'm going to leave with you the Holy Spirit. And so we're talking about Hosea, though, which is in the Old Testament. So the question could be, well, if Jesus said in Acts, I'm going to leave with you the Holy Spirit, then was the Holy Spirit even around in the Old Testament. And yes, he was, but there was a very different relationship with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament than in the New. But it, it still applies to us today. And you can still know God, but not, you can know about God, but not truly know him. In fact, I want to tell you about a word that is brought up in Hebrew in uh, the, the book of Hosea. And it's the word yada, which is the word um, for knowledge in Hebrew. And the word yada means knowing more than about someone. Um, it's more than intellectual. Yada is knowledge, knowing deeply someone, not just knowing about them, but knowing them, being in relationship with them. And so what Hosea was showing us in the Old Testament was how you can deeply know God in this intimate way. And how Hosea, where he lived out his own sermon of his life, he was to go and take a woman of whoredom and make her his wife, even though she kept wanting the world, everything outside of him, everything outside of the home. He kept finding her, bringing her back home. And so 
there's this intimacy that Hosea parallels with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, the three in one, he will come and find us. And when we're found, we're comforted, right? And so we're comforted by the Holy Spirit um, when he brings us back. And when we have the Holy Spirit in us, there's this possibility to know God intimately because the Holy Spirit can dwell in us. And that's very intimate versus just knowing of God. How many people were raised Catholic or raised going to church Christmas and Easter or not raised anything, but they definitely knew or they heard of a God. They knew there was a God, but they wouldn't say they knew him relationally, intimately. They only knew of him intellectually. And this knowledge or yada is so important because this is where our heart can be changed. And I talk a lot when when um, I'm teaching in Bible studies, but also uh, in bright mornings with our bright women in our spiritual life coaching, I talk about soft hearts and hard hearts a lot because, uh, you know, we don't have to remain with a hard heart, but to know of something, to know of God, to intellectually know him, we can still have a hard heart. But once we begin to intimately, relationally know him as the Holy Spirit makes it possible, it softens our heart. And really what Hosea was doing with this wife of whoredom is he was bringing her back. He was loving her, taking her back, comforting her in spite of her wanting the world and not him. And so when we don't tap in to the Holy Spirit, we don't understand that God will take us back again and again. But last week I posed the question, like, do you have to have, as Pentecostals would suggest people who um, refer to the Acts experience where um, people were filled with the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire came upon them. Do you have to have that to have the Holy Spirit or do you get the Holy Spirit when you ask Jesus into your life at salvation? So I want to, I want to talk about that um, today. So I want to first share that salvation is impossible without the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 12, 13, you can write that down, um, that talks about it. Jesus is explaining uh, this to Nicodemus, also in John 3, 1 through 21. And Nicodemus is a leader of the Jewish religion. I mean, he'd known all of the religious ways, customs, all of that. Um, but Nicodemus, even though he's a leader of the Jewish religion, he wanted to know what laws he could keep or additional actions um, he could perform that would guarantee eternal life. Like he had a knowledge, but he didn't have an assurance that his relationship would mean eternal life for him. So then Jesus in John 3 uh, responded that there is nothing Nicodemus could do and that the salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. So that proves to us that at salvation, when we accept Jesus, we truly ask him to forgive us, to be our savior, to come into our life, that the Holy Spirit begins to work. And without the Holy Spirit's work uh, in, in a repentant heart, which is the beginning of a softening heart, no one can be born again. Regardless of how many sinner prayers we, we um, recite, um, how many times we raise our hands that we want to be saved and not go to hell. But if our heart isn't repentant, which is, again, a softening of the heart, then the Holy Spirit can't come in and make our heart even softer. So you can't pray words or um, follow the words of a 
um, a priest or a pastor and just repeat after them, but not mean it. In fact, look up Titus 3, 5 to talk, to learn more about the renewing of a heart. So, but an issue that I wanted to talk about also, and I mentioned it last week was, can you lose the Holy Spirit? And there, you know, that's a, a question of eternal security. Like, can I lose the Holy Spirit? Can I lose my salvation? And there's a big debate. Uh, Christians talk all the time about whether or not you can lose your salvation. And to lose your salvation would be to lose the Holy Spirit who provides it. And so this is what scripture says about the Holy Spirit. It says that it seals our salvation until we experience its completions, its completion in the presence of God, Ephesians 1.13. So it's the sanctification or we're we're working out our faith with fear and trembling. We're basically working on that faith. We're softening our heart. The Holy Spirit is working in us. And scripture says the Holy Spirit seals the salvation until we can experience completion when we get to heaven, 100% sanctified, holy, in the presence of God, as Ephesians 1.13 says. But for the Holy Spirit to vacate a heart that he had promised to seal would make him unfaithful. So the Holy Spirit does not leave us because he chooses to, period. The Holy Spirit will not say, I choose to indwell that person. They prayed. They wanted me um, as part of their life, but now I'm going to leave them. He would not. He is not unfaithful. One of his tasks after moving in a believer's heart and softening it is to transform us to be more like Jesus. And I want to give you another scripture for that. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Um, but, and, and that talks about he who began a good work in us, the Holy Spirit, is faithful to complete it, okay? So um, that's Philippians 1.6, by the way. But we don't believe that the Spirit will undo His work. The seeds that are planted, even when you are a little kid, and a lot of people, they they walk away from Jesus, they walk away from their faith in their teen years or their young adult years. He is faithful to complete it. That's Philippians 1.6 again. Make that your life verse, that He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. He's not going to just leave you high and dry. Uh, he is wanting to complete this work in you. But... Since we didn't find the Holy Spirit, we can't just lose him. Um, so, you know, there's this theory like, well, the Holy Spirit, you know, lifted. Now, I talked about that because there is a time where we can continue to deny and to grieve the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you about that. Um, we can have a willful uh, renouncing of the Holy Spirit. And so listen to this in Ephesians 1.13. It says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. That's the part of the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit. So can a believer break that? Can the Holy Spirit be lifted? If it, you willfully renounce, you willfully deny, you're like, I'm done. And Ephesians 4.30 says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. First um, Thessalonians 5.19 says that you can quench the Holy Spirit. And these passages don't Im imply that the Holy Spirit has left us. It implies that you can make the Holy Spirit sorrowful. Um, but what it does mean is that you can grieve, quench, and hinder the Holy Spirit in your life. Meaning the Holy Spirit doesn't want to leave, doesn't want to 
just say, well, I'm done with you, but you for sure can, uh, just continue to, to deny what he's telling you to do, continue to deny Jesus, what the Bible says. And what causes the confusion about all of this is that was someone ever really born again? If at salvation, they got born again, they repented, Jesus came in their life, the Holy Spirit came in, started to um, do a good work in you. If, if that person were to walk away, this is a question you may have heard people debate. Um, if you're willing to walk away, then was the Holy Spirit ever really um, in you? Did you ever really get saved? And of course, there's very, very complicated discussion about this. Um, but Jesus described in Luke 8, 1 through 15, that um, sometimes uh he, the Holy Spirit might come in shallow soil, meaning you might have had a hard heart. You didn't really soften to the Holy Spirit, and now you've hardened your heart again. And some people may be excited to follow the Jesus in the beginning, but they never really tapped in. And that's where my first point on the Holy Spirit is, is have you really tapped into the Holy Spirit that came into you when you were first saved? Do you know people that they prayed the sinner's prayer, but it's like they're living this dull, unhopeful, um, unjoyful, um, no vision, no, uh, they're just living a life that just seems dull and void of the presence of God. And that comes from being shallow soil, or another way of saying that is to having a hard heart. But like I said in the beginning, the word yada, which, which Hosea talks about, is that his wife knew him, that he was her husband, but she didn't give herself over and soften her heart to her husband to intimately know him and see the mercy and the grace and the comfort that he brought. She didn't see that when he came to rescue her, he wasn't bringing shame upon her. If she felt guilt, that was conviction of the Holy Spirit, but shame that she talked about, that was from the enemy. So that's what happens is the Holy Spirit will be our comforter, our counselor, and will try to correct us and pull us in. And then we'll feel this tug or this conviction and we'll allow the enemy to tell us, you're too shameful. You should be ashamed. You have, there's no hope for you. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the comforter, like Hosea that we read in here. It's like, come back. I will receive you again. And the devil is saying, oh no, I want you to think the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying, have shame and embarrassment. And so the devil's trying to get in there. But when we, when we have softened our hearts, in all ways when it comes to Jesus. When we've softened our heart, we begin to hear his voice more clearly. So yada, knowledge, is what I wanted to focus on today. The second thing that the Holy Spirit provides for us is, let me look for it here, and now I can't find it. So I had two points and I wanted to focus on the first point, but I was going to like leave you with the second point for next week, but I didn't write down number two here. I just have my notes and I wasn't going to get, oh, here it is. This is what I'm going to leave you with for next week. The second point. So today we went over um, two lessons on the Holy Spirit. Today we went over 
Uh, it's important to depend on the presence of the Holy Spirit, to tap into the Holy Spirit, that we do get him at salvation. And next, and you can't lose the Holy Spirit unless you had a shallow, um, you were shallow soil, you really weren't softened ground. You know, when, when soil happens, when, when there's harvest and when there's planting, the ground is hard, but it's tilled up to bring the dirt and the soil to the surface and to make it softer so seed can go in and it can grow. And so that's a huge part of the process is that the ground, the soil of our heart is softened, but, but the Holy Spirit even helps in softening and tilling up the ground so the seed can go in and the seed can go deeper into the ground rather than staying on the top of the hard surface. And so the Holy Spirit's work can go deep when we have soft hearts. When we, even at the point of salvation, we repent and our heart begins to soften, that seed can start to go down and he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it deep in the soil. But when we have shallow soil, we just repeat the little sentence after a priest. We just repeat after a pastor or frankly, we're trying to do it because we're dating somebody and we just, you know, that person's just wanting to get them to date them and they want, they know they want the other wants them to get saved, or it's like my parents, they forced this on me, or um, my friend, you know, is forcing this on me, but I have a hard heart. That's shallow soil. And that is going to be a place where you can quench and grieve the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit says, you never wanted me to come in to do a good work. So on the lifting of the Holy Spirit, the other thing, people that lose their mind, I mean, they go crazy in sin. A lot of times that happens when people are divorcing. Um, they'll both just go buck wild. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit who's doing a good work in you, if you're just full out in sexual sin and addiction and getting drunk every night, the Holy Spirit is not going to stick around. I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to stick around and, and counsel you and convict you and be like, don't do this. But you keep putting your hand in the face and you willfully renounce the Holy Spirit. That's where the risk comes. It's from willful renouncing. It's from willfully saying, get out of here. I don't want your presence in my life. So what I'm going to leave you with for next week, week three of four, so we only have four weeks of this. Next week, we're going to talk about the second thing about the Holy Spirit, which is that negative things will happen when we are lacking the Holy Spirit. Now, do negative things happen even when we're with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I mean, we don't have a perfect life because we have Jesus, but it is a guarantee that you will have negative things happen when you're lacking the Holy Spirit. And they'll probably blow up and become bigger and bigger and bigger than when negative things happen to you and you have the Holy Spirit. You are guaranteed a negative outcome when you're lacking the Holy Spirit. So when you see people that are lacking Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they just will not soften their heart to God. They're just going to do it their way. You see them. You're like, why are you? It's like watching you run into a car accident. Like, why are you running in the street to get hit by a bus? You choose time after time to just get in bigger and bigger messes. Well, the Holy Spirit is our comforter and counselor. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit softens our heart and helps us to use wisdom. And so it's a guarantee negative things will happen when we're lacking the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to talk in depth about that. Uh, next week, if you missed last week where I talked about the three-in-one and how that even works, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, catch up on that. And um, if you're watching this on replay, I'd still love to see your comments, but you can also listen to the podcast. That is the third or fourth study we've done in the podcast, A Sunny Look at the Bible. 
And then you can also find this on YouTube within the week on my Sunny Hennessy YouTube channel. I love you guys so much. I'm going to pray for you. And after I pray, if you have any questions, comments, I would love to hear them. You can share this with someone who maybe has had questions about the Holy Spirit, has had questions about people like, can you get saved and then lose your salvation? All of those questions. Um, this might help them and may answer that for them. So I'm going to pray. If you have any questions or comments, then I'll take those at the end because this will be probably spliced out for our YouTube and our podcast after I pray. God, thank you for my friends. I pray that uh, today, this softness, the yada of the knowledge of you in an intimate and relational way, not just knowing of you, but knowing you deeply through the Holy Spirit, through the example of Jesus, would bring this knowledge to us that softens our heart, that our hearts would be softened to you daily, God, even with all that's going on in the world and everything that hits us on a regular basis, God, I pray that that won't harden us to you, but it will soften us to you. Thank you for the good work that you began in us at salvation, that you're faithful to complete. For those who will watch this, who haven't chosen you before, God, I pray that they would consider softening a heart to you and opening up to you coming in and being Lord of their life. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So any questions or comments, I would love uh, to talk to you about them live on here. Carrie's there. Hi, uh, Mary. Ellen, Jesse, hi guys, Larry, Kristen, Renee, Matt, David, Ron, thank you for joining me. Um, any questions, any comments before we log off for the day? And I did start at 12.05 today, so that was because I was trying to get away from my dogs. Um, I was going to never be a dog lady again. I was. We were, Sean and I were like, yeah, we're done with dogs now that we have kids. And then we had teenage kids who begged for dogs. So, hi, Carrie. Love you. Love you so much. And um, I hope you're enjoying Florida. It's not quite as warm in Wisconsin. Just a little bit different. A tad. A little. Anyone have anything or I'm going to log off. Love you guys very, very much. We'll see you next week. Bye.